The reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Good morning. And um, as Andy was saying, uh, we're looking at the very end of this passage on the armour of God. He calls on all of us as spiritual warriors, for that is what we are, to pray in the Spirit. So before we start to unwrap that, let me pray, Paul is urging us to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts will be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know what conjured up in your mind when you heard the words um, that we are to pray in the Spirit. What is it? What does it look like or what does it feel like? Well, you may be disappointed or a bit relieved to know that I'm not going to come up with a slick answer to that because prayer is way more complicated, well, not complicated, but mysterious and um, and just uniquely individual to all of us. But I want to say from the outset that I suspect that some of you will have automatically thought about that praying in the spirit relates to speaking in tongues or praying in tongues, it's another language. And that association is uh, is a valid one to have made. Um, But I hope that as we dig deeper into this particular verse 18, we'll begin to discover that prayer is so much more than speaking in tongues or praying in tongues. 
And I'm going to immediately put my hand up and say that uh, I believe in speaking in tongues, that I have personally experienced it, and that I have found it helpful, particularly when my English vocabulary just isn't adequate enough to express what God is saying and what my heart is yearning to say. But I would also say this. It is possible for a person to speak in tongues and not be praying in the spirit. Equally, as it is possible to be praying in the spirit, but not speaking in tongues. It's so important that we uh, are careful about how we interpret scripture and to be aware of the kind of theological and spiritual spectacles that we put on as we read God's word. And I want to take, for example, verse 31 of Acts chapter 4. You don't have to look it up because I'll read it. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Well, this passage comes hot on the heels of... uh, Uh, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes down, and indeed the disciples are given the ability to speak in another language. And as we know, at least 3,000 people came to hear the message of the good news. But if we read it carefully, it does not say that they did or didn't speak in tongues or another language. It simply says that they spoke the word of God boldly. So what we're able to discern is that their prayers resulted in power. And I wonder how often when we're praying that we don't have that expectation of our prayers resulting in power. But what is also significant about that verse in Acts is that they were praying together in fellowship with one another and presumably in the presence of God. As Andy's already alluded, um, Jesus had said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. That, to me, sounds a lot like presence. So I'd like to suggest to you that praying in the Spirit is not necessarily just about speaking uh, or not speaking in tongues. It is about the presence of God. Prayer is not normally part of the armour of God as such, but it is a mightily important aspect of victory on the battlefield. William Barclay describes it as the greatest weapon of all. Many years ago, we used to sing this song called We Want to See Jesus Lifted High. That's probably ageing me a bit. And it contained the following words, step by step. Little by little, we are moving forward and taking ground. Every prayer, a powerful weapon, where strongholds come tumbling down and down and down. There are a few actions with it as well. And I think it's important to note that prayer is a spiritual battle. And it is often the thing that we give up first, especially if we haven't had um, answered prayers. And you need to kind of picture, you know, if we're soldiers in the middle of a battlefield and we lose um, communication with the commanding officer, we don't have a clue where we're going and what we're supposed to be doing. Um, So it's really important to press in and to keep going with prayer. 
But someone from this church um, posted in Facebook this week the following words. Never mess with people who know how to pray. They are armed and dangerous. Never mess with people who know how to pray. They are armed and dangerous. I love that. So do you recognise yourself as a spiritual warrior, clothed with the armour of God and exercising prayer as a powerful weapon? My hunch is that at most of the time, you probably don't see yourself like that. And if I'm honest, I don't think I see myself like that as well. And yet, I'd hazard a guess that you would agree with me that prayer is essential and it is a powerful weapon. So why is it then that we tend to treat prayer as a bit of an afterthought? Our enemy, Satan, on the other hand, knows all about prayer and the powerful weapon it is. And he will do everything within his power to thwart our intention and our desire to pray. As I look round, um, the, uh, uh, all of you this morning, um, I'm aware that for a lot of us, we've had unanswered prayer. And um, praying in painful circumstances and situations. But we need to press in. And it seems that sometimes prayer is a mystery. Um, and, and because of that, we tend to give up. But friends, let's be brutally honest. We simply don't pray that often, do we? Because our lives are just too busy. In the end, we pray lip service, asking God to bless our day or to come to our rescue in a dire emergency. I'm speaking to myself as much as to all of us. It's as if God has become some sort of cosmic vending machine where we simply insert a prayer request and hope to get the answer we want or think we need on an ad hoc basis. But the very core of verse 18 is that Paul expects us to pray on all occasions and to keep on praying. We must never give up and continue to press in even when we experience silence. And that is one thing where when we pray together that sometimes we need others to stand in the gap for us. If prayer is a powerful weapon... I believe it is also often misunderstood in its importance for our development as a Christian and our relationship with God. And for me, this is when prayer uh, is essential. Someone once said that your relationship with God, your spiritual walk and your Christian experience will never rise higher than your prayer life. Your relationship with God, your spiritual walk and your Christian experience will never rise higher than your prayer life. Well, you can read loads of books on prayer and search the internet on the question of praying in the spirit and you will find as many different answers to those questions as there are people here. I have to say that I'm rather intolerant of how-to books because they often set uh, a framework or system which has worked for the author but may not work for us, the reader, 
when we end up feeling a bit of a failure and we start to compare ourselves with the super spirituality of the author, believing that they, we will never measure up. Instead of being motivated to push in and to focus on prayer, we remain at that first base when all along we should have gone to the author of life, God. For me, fundamentally prayer has to do with understanding how to be in God's presence, how to be around God and actually how to be a, a friend of God because it's in his presence that we learn to embrace the things that we normally find uncomfortable. Silence, solitude, and our own thoughts. So prayer helps us connect with the deep heart of God and it reveals the depths of our own hearts. It makes us conscious of our need before God and reveals to us that God is and has what we need. Prayer brings us to a place of receiving from God what we could never obtain in any other way. Prayer is less about words and more about presence. My presence, your presence with God and his presence with you and I. It is about me being fully present with God as I begin to sense that he fully is fully present with me. Well, presence is important in all relationships, isn't it? Have you ever experienced those annoying situations or conversations with somebody and you know they're not really listening to you? In fact, sometimes they're looking over your shoulder at the, the next person um, uh, that, that's coming along or they've got their mobile phones on. My goodness me, even when we go out to dinner or we're in a meeting, people are often checking their mobile phones as if that's more important than being in the presence of the person. And yet God deserves our undivided attention and we certainly need his. When we are in his presence, our prayers take on a greater power and effectiveness. Just think about the, um, the adventures that the um, uh, disciples had in, uh, in the book of Acts. It's just been an incredible, uh, exciting kind of roller coaster uh, of, uh, of a journey with them. And we, as I started off in, in Acts 4, verse 31, their prayers took on a greater power and effectiveness. And that is available to us. So I want you to think for a moment about the most important relationships in your life. It could be a child or a sibling, a partner or a spouse, a best friend or a close colleague. You know some of the things about this person, maybe even a lot of things about this person. Yet who that person is really remains something of a mystery, doesn't it? There is still more to know and there is still more to discover. But beyond what you know and what you don't know, there's still an actual person there, right there, a person that you can experience, you can love and be loved by. You don't need to know everything about the person to experience him or her. In fact, when you think about it, you realize this not knowing but still experiencing is part of the delight of mystery. There is always more to experience 
more to learn and more to be surprised by. And prayer, I think, is a mystery. There is more to experience, more to learn, and more to be surprised by. Max Licardo says this, he's an American pastor. You and I live in a loud world. To get someone's attention is no easy task. He must be willing to set everything aside to listen, to turn down the radio, to turn away from the computer or mobile phone, to turn the corner of the page and set down the book. When someone is willing to silence everything else so he can hear us clearly, it is a privilege, a rare privilege indeed. Your prayers and my prayers are honoured in heaven as precious jewels, purified and empowered. The words rise in a delightful fragrance to our Lord. Your words do not stop until they reach the very throne of God. Your prayer activates on earth God's power in heaven and God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your prayers, my prayers, move God to change the world. You may not understand the mystery of prayer and you don't need to. But this much is clear. Actions in heaven begin when someone prays on earth. Well, I don't know whether you've pictured your prayers as precious jewels or the fact that they even reach the throne room, the throne of God. But prayer can be exciting as well as challenging. But coming back to verse 18, there are a few things that we can learn specifically about prayer. Well, firstly, we learn that prayer is important and that there is a sense of urgency. Paul uses the words all and always, which would indicate that this is so. He says, I'm praying the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So no matter what situation or occasion we find ourselves, we are being urged by Paul to pray. What I think we can take from this is that there are times of praying when it takes place in the context of intentional taking time out moments. For example, your quiet time or gathering together to pray um, as, a, as a group of people. And there are other types of prayers that we could call kind of routine prayers, giving thanks um, for a meal before we start to eat, or for parents as they're praying with their children at last thing um, at night before they go to bed. But even these routine prayers need not be dull or lifeless. Giving thanks for a meal is a great way of recognising God's provision for us. And all of these are ways of inviting God's presence and us intentionally to seek his presence. So thirdly, prayer is important and there is a sense of urgency. Well, secondly, this verse teaches us to use all kinds of prayer on all occasions. Well, there isn't time this morning to go through the various types of prayers. But if you do want a useful resource, then do follow the prayer course, which you can download uh, from the internet. Or you can read this book, and it's a how-to, um, How to Pray by Pete Craig. 
I know I said I don't normally have, well, I do have issues with how-to books, but this is actually one I can heartily recommend because uh, he covers stuff like um, unanswered prayer and spiritual warfare. There are long prayers, aren't there? There are short prayers. There are standing prayers. There are sitting down prayers. There are lying on your face prayers. There are walking prayers. How many of you have been on a prayer walk? There is the prayer of faith, the prayer of petition, the prayer of intercession, the prayer of submission, the prayer of repentance, and so on. Prayer is exciting. And um, just kind of, you can do it in so many different ways. It's certainly not a dull and arduous task to perform. And if you're struggling with prayer at the moment, why don't you ask God to show you new ways for you to pray? At the very least, be honest with him and tell him that you are struggling. He is big enough and loving enough to cope with all our struggles. Thirdly, Paul exhorts us to remain spiritually alert. Another word would be being vigilant. We're told by Jesus to keep our spiritual eyes open. Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray so that they would not enter into temptation. And we must do the same. Remember that we still have an enemy who wants to destroy us. Never forget that. It's not a matter of if you will be tempted and tested. It's a matter of when or how often. But be ready by being prayed up. As I said a bit earlier, we prayer is a spiritual battle. And fourthly, Paul exhorts us to continue to pray for our fellow believers. We approach the throne of grace in supplication for one another, asking for the help that he's already promised to give us. And because in prayer, our hearts and minds become more in tune with his, more aligned with his. I need and I'm very grateful for the prayers that many of you pray for me. And you also need the prayers that others pray for you. So where do we go from here? I guess some of you may be feeling a bit overwhelmed by all of this. But there is good news. We don't have to do any of this in our own strength. In fact, it's probably better if we did allow God to help us. And thankfully, out of his goodness and love for us, we are not left to our own devices. And in that wonderful passage in Romans 8, 26, we read the following. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Please note that this is not um, uh, an opportunity uh, or a reason to stop praying ourselves. But when our words seem not enough or we lose our way, we have the Holy Spirit to guide us, to take over and keep us in the presence of God. Let me leave you with a couple of questions to ponder. Is prayer a priority in your life? Or has your prayer life become so routine that it has become dull and lifeless? 
If that's the case, we need somehow to become more fully present and engaged with the one who is fully present in us. Maybe some of us need to undertake a spiritual health check or an audit on our prayer lives. It's a bit like having a medical um, uh, health check. So I'd encourage you to find somebody that you know and you trust to just have a bit of a review about your prayer life. And you can always come and uh, meet one of the, uh, the pastoral team. I pray that you will find your journey of prayer really exciting. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that prayer is our most powerful weapon. Lord, thank you that you have given it to us because prayer um, is not only a spiritual battle, but it is um, a, a mechanism that we can draw close to you, that we can hear your voice, that we can come into your presence. And Lord, I pray that you give us courage and boldness to pray and to desire and to be um, all that you um, have enabled us to be through prayer. And Lord, I, I just want to acknowledge that for many people, prayer right now is a difficult place for them. But Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit that intercedes and groans for us. And I pray, Lord, that you just... Um, do something new for each one of us in our own prayer lives. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.